Okay. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> I'm clearing my throat. <laughs> Let me clear my throat. Did you get anything out with that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Very dainty. So dainty. Yeah, that's exactly how everybody would describe me. Okay. you a hard-working lady from the city who has lost all hope for Christmas and love? Well, do we have the show for you. From the Middle-Aged Mama Studios in Austin, Texas, it's This Show Has Everything. We're doling out the hose and ready to talk cheesy Christmas movies. Joining me as we stroll through the snowy lanes of Castleberry and figure out how to pronounce Sam Hugan's name, <laughs> I've got three of my favorite friends. In the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Anne with a plan, Lundholm. Hi, Anne. Uh, it's Hewen, Sam <laughs> Hewen. <laughs> I have we'll learned one thing this week. <laughs> we'll play the, the pronunciation here. We are looking at how to pronounce the name of Scottish actor Sam Hewen. Hewen. Sam Hewen. Pretty straightforward once you know. Hewen. Um <laughs> And in search for antiques and stuff in the hometown of Jules Daly slash actually Buffalo, it's Bobby Pape. Hi, Bobby. Hello. Yes. Hello there. If it sounds a little echoey, it is because there are no customers to be had in this city here. <laughs> Sales are down. <laughs> oh, the store might have to close. You just never know. Oh, no. <laughs> and finally, in um, newly named Drag Hunt Studios in Detroit, Michigan, it's Meredith the MBH Van Harn. Hi, Mer Oh, no, wait. I changed it on my little script. I put <laughs> Meredith the MBH Van Hugan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to call him Jam Jamie Fraser. Yes. I think. Oh, gosh. As usual, we'll do some small talk, some medium talk. T she recommends Amazon plug of the week, housekeeping, and how you can get involved. And with that, uh, Bobby, why don't you take us into some small talk? Yeah, um, I I actually am going to start small talk with some distressing news, or, or <sighs> perhaps distressing news that that I think multiple people on the Facebook page brought to our attention. Yep. Uh, and if you were ever worried that people may or may not be looking out for you, <laughs> I think this is a sign that our listeners care because uh, they were all dismayed to see headlines breaking news out of the Twin Cities uh, about the uh, demise of the Dinky Town McDonald's. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Anne, are, are you going to be okay? I remember when the Diet Coke in the Coke machine was out in your building and it was like a <laughs> two-month-long saga for us. Because it was broken. <laughs> the bar in the machine was lying on the floor. <laughs> now, if I remember correctly, the Dinky Town McDonald's is the McDonald's that is, is it somewhat subterranean? And the, yes. And they would recognize from your shoes that you were approaching and get your Diet Coke ready. Is that right? <laughs> yes. It's a funky little area. And so I walk across from my office in the Don Howe building on the edge of campus. I'll say it because it's a secure building. You can't get in without a key card. So don't even try it. <laughs> 
But as someone uh, who has attempted to have a package delivered there, I can't say it is not easy. <laughs> um, but you go across the street, and then it's a you go down like I'm going to say like eight or nine steps. So it's not fully subterranean, but the bottom level where you go in and you order and everything is uh, is down there. And there's part of a dining room down there. And then you can go up to the upper level of the dining room. Oh. There's a whole other floor. Ooh. It's very mm. different Fancy. and funky and just kind of more fun yeah. than a normal McDonald's. And it's been rumored for a long time, but it is closing because they are going to redevelop that block into mixed use Ugh. student housing and they say that the uh mcdonald's will go back in on the ground floor there hmm. but i don't trust them because that's what mm -hmm. they said about the caribou coffee on the other corner and that did not go back in when that building was built so there's, there's literally no way if they're doing some kind of expensive ish mixed use thing no. yeah it's gonna be like some yeah five guys or it'll be a sweet greens or something totally like let's charge a 20 dollars like salad place mm -hmm. there's already a 20 dollars salad place one block over and the five guys is literally like four <laughs> storefronts down from We're trying to find is. all the places that it might be like all <laughs> like a scale change. franchise called 20 dollars salad place <laughs> <laughs> We're just being honest about it. Yeah. It's it's after tax, though. So, like, what you do is you hand over a crisp bill and we give you your bowl of stupid kale. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I do, too. That's real good. But, yeah, this creates quite a problem for me because they're just slowly whittling away my places to get Diet Coke yeah, on this bullshit. campus. This I don't know why. It's starting to feel personal. It really, it really is. Now I either have to go down to the aforementioned vending machine like four times a day or which I don't know. I feel self-conscious doing that. Or I have to go all the way to the target, Ugh. which is like two blocks, which is nothing in summer. But right. when I have to like put my boots on and my coat and the scarf and the hat and the mittens and I don't know what else, the goggles and whatever trudge through the snow and ice mm -hmm. and do i ever leave target without buying candy no no i do not <laughs> no and i'm picturing you as a as an everest sherpa just coming back and taking off your furs and underneath you've got a fountain diet coke <laughs> and some clarence christmas candy just yeah. it's such a process yes i don't like and i work on the fourth floor so now i gotta go down four no. floors and all and then gotta come up four floors no i that that kind of stuff well i like hate backtracking i hate it it is i don't know if you could describe it as a pet peeve but it's something that i'm loath to do and uh that would like kill me i, I don't think i could do it mm-hmm the problem is there's just nowhere to go around me that's a good place to go for like a break. Yeah. That's not. We need a tunnel to my building. There are tons of tunnels that go for way through the University of Minnesota, but they don't actually uh, run underneath University Avenue, which is where they would have to go to get mm -hmm. to my building. So I have to get dressed for the weather anytime I want to go out. Mm -mm. It's too uh, much slapping. You have all the schematics, right? Because your crew, like your the people you work with, go down in those tunnels and... Oh, I could go through the steam tunnels. There's a steam mm. tunnel into <laughs> the Donham building. Steampunk and... <laughs> and dirty. <laughs> and hot. Yeah. 
Well, it's, it's like cold, you're though. like Jack and Rose, like in um, Titanic. You're like <laughs> running. Okay, you haven't seen Titanic, have you? I have not. <laughs> There's a part where they're running through like the steam engine room. I like the it. boiler room. <laughs> I was going to make a, a great escape reference, and instead you made a Titanic reference. <laughs> it really says a lot about cinema. Anyway, and have I missed or forgotten that you have never seen Titanic? I've never seen Titanic. So, so we need to get you a VHS player and the, the three the three VHS set that is probably Titanic. Yeah, I don't know. This is really snobby of me, but so I think it came out when I was a junior in college. I think. Yeah, I was I rem- a freshman. So, what time of year did it come out, Hillary? Was it like Christmas? Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I I I remember I was home on Christmas break and I was looking in the newspaper at the yes, movie listings, which is the thing that you did back <laughs> in nineteen ninety seven. Eight, seven. Yeah. Okay, and uh, and I saw this movie Titanic and I thought, oh, that would be interesting, like a historical movie about the Titanic. Maybe I'll see that sometime. And then I went back to school and one of my roommates who. I love her very much. You'll never hear this, but her taste in yes. movies did not align with mine. She was like, oh, my God, Titanic is the best movie I saw three times. Oh, it's just the greatest movie ever. And I was like, well, I'm not seeing that now. <laughs> no, I get that. You know, it's weird. It's like, um, not that this is a podcast about Titanic, but it's one of those movies when I saw it, I was very swept up in it. And I saw it with my dad and I was crying. And he yelled, you have to be kidding me in the theater. (laughs) (laughs) And I was so mad at him. Um, I think I saw it again and I just loved it so much. And then, of course, over the years, I was like, that's such a silly movie. Um, uh, What I will say is it is a very silly movie because James Cameron is a pretty terrible writer. I mean, he is a terrible writer, but it is fantastic to look at. It's still even to this day, it's still really cool to look at. Like it's a very entertaining movie. Now, like Rory's getting having a big interest in the Titanic, not like the movie, just in the general idea of the Titanic. In the deaths, as, yes. you know, everything that Rory's interested in in <laughs> dying. Um so I was like, well, I guess we could watch like the second half of it cuz I think the first half he really doesn't like <laughs> he doesn't like talking that much. That's how we always get him to like not watch a bad movie. We're like there's a lot, it's just a lot of talking. It's like not interested so it, it is like fun and um oh what is his name victor garber's great in it uh and rory is a little young yeah. for kate winslet's yeah. boobs yes yeah. yeah yeah we might we might what are they go- doing in that car <laughs> her hand splashes mm-hmm. on the glass i remember that was another one where i think i knew it was happening and i just was like i have to go because <laughs> i was with my dad <laughs> i also dad. remember with i saw armageddon with my dad another kind of you know cheesy late 90s movie and there's a part where ben affleck and Liv tyler are about to do whatever and i was like i have to go to the bathroom right now like i can't sit next to you and watch this <laughs> um yeah well that's titanic talk yep. <laughs> i sort of i had that same reaction when my mom and one of my aunts watched the 40 year old virgin and oh, were God. laughing and laughing and laughing i was like i have to leave now because this is uncomfortable oh, that no. they understand any of this i don't want to think about you like this i'm just happy anytime this podcast comes back around to live tyler <laughs> God, i love well, tyler yep someday our movie road trip is going to get to delaware and i will finally get to do empire records i know mm-hmm. it's a good one someday mm-hmm. 
And well, it'll be gonna... the only movie on that episode because it'll be the only movie from Delaware. <laughs> we could yeah. shoehorn Wayne's World into that one just to make it fit since I skipped it in Chicago. Yeah, there's three seconds of Delaware talk <laughs> in that movie. That counts. We're going to get up to DC. Yes. And, I mean, yeah. forward promo. We're going to get to DC here in the near future to coincide with a certain event. Oh, Maybe... Please let that happen. Please let oh, the world Lord. last. Maybe we can swing by Delaware. You're talking about when we use martial law to do a revote in the swing states, right? Exactly. Uh, We're another group of electors. We will have a, our votes counted. Oh my God. Oh, we should do a T-sheet group of electors. That's a good idea. Uh, back to the dinky Tom McDonald's where oh, we right. started. I was like, how did we end up there? Oh, yeah. And going, and going through the boiler room. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and Rory, being a middle-aged uh, or, or rather senior citizen in a child's body, he likes movies about the military and ships, and yeah. he has no interest in what other people have to say. Yes. <laughs> Precisely. Uh, and I'm sorry for your loss. And I'm also sorry that you didn't get, I, I imagine because of the pandemic, you didn't get a proper like final trip. Oh, I didn't get to say goodbye. My friend oh. Nick used to go there when we were just tired of being in the office and i would get a diet coke and he would get whatever coffee drink that mcdonald's has and we would go and sit in the upper floor and just have like a state of our lives discussion for 45 minutes and shirk our jobs and it was just really nice and i'm gonna miss it and i'm gonna miss it as somebody pointed out on our discussion on the facebook group it was a really convenient landmark when you are telling people something they'd be like oh where on campus do you work and i would say well, you know the mcdonald's in dinky town yes i work across the street so it was a very it, it was a lodestar hillary's favorite <laughs> word <laughs> for the campus and now it's gone r.i.p man man well uh on to another thing that we're gonna lose which is gonna be my freedom <laughs> well it was only a matter of time honestly yeah uh you know I, I feel like ever since mike departed the show i, I have just been slowly filling the voids <laughs> yep. the, like and, and my next one is that i'm going to prison um i am going to mail jail most definitely going to mail jail so here's a little context um i am recording from the uh jail mayfair, mayfair Lane Studios, <laughs> sort of <laughs> Uh, I'm back in Buffalo this weekend to take care of some errands uh, at the house. And the house is mostly unfurnished at this point, to the point where I stayed at a hotel last night. Because even though the guest bedroom is still set up here and our master bed is still set up, there's very little in the way of other amenities in the house. There's almost no furniture. There are no comforts. And so it's very hard to stay here. And I'm a snob. so There's no Bonvoy. In right, the house exactly. is what you're saying. <laughs> oh my god, I had the just I got the worst hotel breakfast box this morning. Um, I I they asked me what I wanted last night when I checked in because you know uh, buffets. I don't know if buffets are ever coming back, and that's a sad story for another episode. But like, I don't want to reach the point even post pandemic where we're all just breathing over the same food at a breakfast bar again. Mm -hmm. But it's still a sad loss from the sweet life of of hotel time. Uh, and so they gave me this menu and like, pick one of each category, what you want, we'll put it all in a box for you and it'll be down here in the morning. So I, I did that and it was some sort of scrambled egg frittata thing and a fruit cup and some other stuff and whatever. So I go down there this morning, the box isn't there. They never did it. It's fine. Ugh. 
They go do it. I, I come back 10 minutes later to get this box of breakfast. I bring it back up to the room. The the quote-unquote scrambled egg frittata, which are two different things, so that shouldn't exist, Yeah, um, is in like a microwave tray with plastic, like a plastic, it's, it's sealed, individually sealed. And, and there are no instructions, and it's cold. Ooh. Like, Ooh. I thought the whole point was, they asked me what time I would like to come down to get my breakfast because it would be prepared and waiting for me. And I came downstairs to the lobby of this Fairfield Inn, which otherwise was quite pleasant, uh, other than their color scheme, which is just terrible. There's a lot of orange and blue. It doesn't make sense. Oh, anyway, you are a snob, aren't you? <laughs> I went down, and I get this. And there are microwaves in the room at you know, Fairfield in. So, but, but there's no, like, how long do I take it out of the plastic sleeve? What do I do? I finally just gave up and didn't eat it. So, uh, anyway, I'm going to mail jail. That's unrelated to this. I'm in Buffalo and I haven't been here for a few weeks. The last time I was out here was, um, shortly after Halloween or something like that. And every time I come back, our mail is being forwarded but if there's a substitute mail person or if there's mail addressed to other names, it still gets pushed through the door slot. And so there's always just a big old pile of junk mail and random crap in the door. Last time I was here, there was a, a bunch of junk mail and then there was some mail for the previous tenants before us, the previous owners rather. And that's, um, you know, Robbie Takehack from the Goo Goo Dolls and <laughs> his wife and daughter. And this happens from time to time. It's not like fan mail or anything. It's usually like a notice from a doctor's office for an upcoming appointment or something, you know, something dumb like that. And I always just write return to sender on it and throw it back in the, you know, blue box or whatever. And, and I'm on with my day. Well, one of the things, and I had completely forgotten about it for a while, was, was what looked like probably a Halloween card. It was like an orange envelope. And the name on it was, was Robbie's daughter, who's like six years old or something. And I thought, oh... Well, that's sad that that's not going to get to her, but hopefully it will eventually. And I'll just, you know, I sort of wrote my return to sender on it, threw it in the mailbox with everything else. And I remember this because it was a different shape and size than like these other statements. And so it, it did, you know, stand out in my mind. Fast forward to coming in yesterday and I'm going through all the junk mail and garbage and whatever that came through the mail slot. And then there's just this handwritten envelope and it's addressed to occupant. And it's this address. And there's no return information on the envelope. And I open it up and there's a handwritten letter on notebook paper, spiral uh, three hole punched notebook paper, old school. And it's dated November 14th. And it reads to whom this may concern approximately three weeks ago. And I should note, this is in fairly large handwriting, uh, but not a child's handwriting. It's, it's fairly neat. It's just, you know, it's just not very often you see a handwritten letter on line paper anymore. To whom this may concern, colon. Approximately three weeks ago, I sent a Halloween card to a little girl that used to live at your address. I made a mistake on the address. She never received it, and it wasn't returned back to the sender. I'm assuming the card got opened. Okay, so now we're getting a little off track here. <laughs> we're going from the card didn't get returned to you must have stolen it. <laughs> It continues, it is against the law to open mail that doesn't belong to you. It is. It, uh, it, never mind that it's my address and it has been for almost three years. <laughs> it, it further continues, I made a report out to the local postal service. 
Which, whenever I read it written that way, I assume it's just Ben Gibbard sitting at a desk. <laughs> hey, it was the postal inspectors who got Steve Bannon. Yeah. yeah. It's true. I'm waiting to hear back on the action I can take to take care of this manor. What? Uh, the way this was written is so strange, first of all. It really escalates quickly, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. And it's based on nothing, right? Right. It's based on them assuming that you opened a child's Halloween card. <laughs> what, was right. there like a $20,000 check in it or something? Like, why well, are they so upset? Well, right. So I, I sent you all the picture of this. And Christy was the one who immediately said, what was there a million dollar check in there? And I wrote back. If there was, the $30 stop payment on it probably wouldn't be a big deal. Well, and you wouldn't know because you didn't actually open it. Right. I bet it was cash. Yeah. Yeah, you, I mean... I bet Grandma put a 20 in or something. Yeah. Maybe, sure. But, like, $20 lost to a rock star's daughter? Like, I just don't... It was for a little girl bobby <laughs> you thief i, I assume it that. got opened she didn't I, even say i assume you opened it right <laughs> well i assume it got lost because the united states postal service is a garbage fire right yeah. now and uh i don't know so well, and also those kind of cards get targeted for being stolen because they yeah. often have cash in them it's pretty yeah. obvious exactly yeah. so i feel terrible but like i also uh, this is much like every single year with Boston Music of Eva, and I'm still waiting for it this year. Every year I do my fundraising uh, uh, appeal. Old school letters, return envelopes for a check and and all that. And every year I get back in increasingly angry large letters written on the return envelope. Do not send this to us. Take us off your list. But they never write their return address. <laughs> it happens every year, and it's the same handwriting, and it's a Boston zip code on the on the stamp. So, like, there's no way I can figure out who it is. Oh man! And this Look- is it. Like, this was addressed to occupant with no return address <laughs> and no name at the bottom, and so I can't even reach out to this person and say I returned it. Louis DeJoy is going to be on your ass. He's like, I'm <laughs> showing up. <laughs> I would be impressed to see him do anything that effectively. How far um, down the list are you for a pardon? <laughs> uh, so I took this picture that I sent you all, and I did something I have not done the entire time we lived here. I I went on Instagram, where I follow Robbie Takak. Oh. And I, I, this is anticlimactic. I sent him the picture, and I just said, hey... I bought your house at 19 Mayfair. Uh, uh, whatever. You all have the address now. That's fine. whatever. <laughs> if you want to rent it, by the way, it's going on the rental market in a week or two. So please, by all means, let me know. Uh, you know, I bought this house from you um, and and this card came and I just returned to sender like I do when mail comes to your name. Uh, I I don't know who this is. I, maybe you recognize their handwriting. If you do, could you let them know I tried? Because <laughs> I feel terrible. <laughs> I also feel persecuted, but mainly I feel terrible. But you shouldn't feel terrible. I mean, what more should you have done? You well, did nothing wrong. I, Honest to God. For once in my life, I did nothing wrong. I agree. But 
I I just I I don't know, guys. I'm going to mail jail. <laughs> I get well, so much mail for previous occupants, and uh, I throw most of it away. I recycle it. Yeah. I've had this house since 2008. I don't. Uh, and the lady who lived here before me died. <laughs> Why aren't you I'm forwarding like, her mail? <laughs> I know. I used to. Um, I used to forward it to the people because we would always get tax stuff from them. And we, I celebrated our 10 year anniversary of owning this house a couple days ago. I personally celebrated. I always find a, a little birthday to celebrate, but um, we would get their tax stuff occasionally. And then I think Ann Miner said, just put like return to sender or whatever, you know, don't, you don't, you don't need to forward yeah. it to them. It's not your responsibility. Well, and the other reason I would put return to sender is so that the person who sends this crap knows mm-hmm. realizes mm-hmm. that they've got the right like that's the thing with with their doctor's office two or three times now they've sent what i i don't know it's in an envelope i'm hoping it's just an appointment reminder or something you have cancer right <laughs> <laughs> uh and and they don't get the hint <laughs> just uh anyway so yeah i ruined a little girl's halloween good job mm-hmm. and i'm going to mail jail well you deserve it and with that, uh, we have voicemails, a voicemail bonanza, two, yes. well, for now two, and maybe a surprise later, two voicemails uh, with recent feedback, or rather feedback from our recent episodes, and we will start with a voicemail from listener Heather. Hi, Meredith, Christy, and Anne. This is listener Heather in Seattle. Oh my goodness, I have lots to say about games, uh, as I suspect many of the Tishi listeners will. Um, first, I totally remember the Olympic Summer Games that was on our first family computer. Um, it's the reason I know a bunch of countries' national anthems. Um, and the best part about that game was when you landed the gymnasts off the vault, the points were determined by how straight up and down the person was. And it totally didn't matter if they were head down or feet down as long as they were straight up and down. So it was actually easier to put them straight head down and that would get you a perfect um, 10 or 6 or whatever it is. Um, the Dr. Mario on the old Nintendo, that is the reason that I almost flunked biology my freshman year of college. I couldn't even tell you how much money I wasted not learning things because I was playing Dr. Mario. I had never had a console game before and I had absolutely no self-control, like none. Um, the trippy screen that you get to when you win level 20 high, it was like a secret world. Um, let's just say that the friends I played with all thought 20 high was a profound level of life. Um, and then for card games, you forgot cribbage. Cribbage is a great game because it's like just the right combination of luck and skill. Um, and it's like complicated, but in a good way, at least we like it. My husband and I have been doing an ongoing bet, um, Every year we like up the bet, um, re up the bet. Um, we used to play a couple times a day now. I think we play like maybe probably honestly once every month. Anyway, um, thanks Tishi for being my Monday morning commute, uh, ride along and, um, happy birthday, Christy. Anyone else who wants to take the intro back from this? I don't have anything sharp to say about it. (laughs) Well, I think that Heather has awakened us to the perniciousness of Dr. Mario. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, she could be a doctor if not for Dr. Mario. 
making yeah. her almost fail biology. <laughs> God, I love Dr. Mario. And yet, so once much. again, losing Mike means we don't have a pill poppers perspective on <laughs> <laughs> I also like that Heather said she knows a bunch of um, national anthems from different countries because of the Summer Olympics computer game. She must have had a fancier one. Well, I said we had decathlon, so yeah. it was yeah. it, it was not uh, that fancy. But I do know the Olympic theme song very well because of that but you know that's one way to sneakily teach kids something that's going to be extremely important yeah. for their future totally. lives yep. yep um do you all remember when columbia house would do like the six cassette tapes for a penny yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. they would actually tape the penny to a postcard and mail it back yes. and then they would send you a bill for the rest later yeah i did that once as a child not fully understanding of course uh, this goes back to me committing mail fraud, probably. Um, <laughs> it started young. Yeah. And I was I, I had to pick cassettes off this list, and I have really no idea what I was picking. And one of the cassettes I picked was all of the Olympics music. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I know the word Olympics. <laughs> right. So I had a cassette tape that had the dun, 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 dun. <laughs> would anyone want to listen to that in their spare time? <laughs> Well, it was very patriotic, right? To think uh, about American nomination and the. All yeah. I know is some adult had to call Columbia House and tell them that they sent these to a child. And I that think they that were not happened to more money. Lots of kids. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, remember, I have a penny. Yeah, I remember going down the list and sort of thinking about what I would get. But I think even at that young age, I kind of knew it was a scam. Yeah, I was like, is they're too not going to be give true. me something for a penny. Well, I mean, I did get the six cassettes for a penny in the end, so. I mean, I, I'm, nice. I guess I would scam the scammer. <laughs> oh, man. I understand what, what she was saying, though. I had to quit playing Warcraft so I could go to graduate school. Otherwise, I would have failed out. <laughs> uh, and, and we should keep uh, pushing along here uh, with a trip to the mall with listener Bob. Hi there, T-shites. Um, as usual, I'm a little late on... Uh, what I was supposed to send in for the question of the week, but uh, here goes. Oh, by the way, Bob here, uh, longtime listener, second-time voice memoir? I don't know. Anyway, um, so I have a story about a mall that's really not necessarily mall-related, but it happened in a mall. And that's when I was about 10 or 11 years old, uh, my friends and I, we used to ride our bikes around and we would ride to the local mall, which was about a three-mile ride, which for a 10, 11-year-old kid is quite an adventure. Anyway, when we got to the mall, um, we were kind of wandering around and looking for things to do. And when I spied the hugest dog I've ever seen, it was all black and it looked like a St. Bernard. And it was sitting up on one of the benches with its owner. So I'm absolutely transfixed by this dog. So I went over to it, to, to it and the guy and said, is that a St. Bernard? And the guy goes, no, it's a Newfoundland hound. And I said, wow, is he friendly? And the guy says, pet him and find out. So I reached over. I gave the dog a pet. The dog turned its head and gave me a doggy kiss, which basically bathed me in dog saliva from my chin 
to my hairline, and I immediately fell in love with dogs from that moment on. Anyway, that's my mall story. See you guys. I'm not sure how I feel about Bob referring to us as t shites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It comes from a place of love. He probably right? means it kindly. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope. Please. <laughs> oh, Bob. I do see a new line of merch in our future, though. <laughs> oh, no. Well, with regard to Bob's stories, I love a big dog, a good St. Bernard. Swiss, oh yeah, whatever they're called. But I, the saliva issue is what absolutely would yeah. stop me Ugh. beyond yeah. the cost of feeding and care and all of that stuff, and the fact that they don't live that long because they're yeah. so big. Yeah. But um, but but the drool is an absolute deal breaker. Yeah, it's kind of it's gross. I, I kind of feel like that with. I feel like with my own dog, it would be maybe okay, but there's, it's just so much. It's like Turner and Hooch where it's just so yeah. much drool. Mm-hmm. It's hard to, well, in the vacuuming with, the, with a regular oh. sized dog, there's tons yes. of fur. I yeah. can't even imagine with like a Bernie's mountain dog or whatever. Oh, Bernie's mountain dogs are so cute though. They're so <sighs> they expensive. So They're cute. so cute. Now my friend Nick, who I mentioned previously because we had the state of our lives at McDonald's in Dinky Town, <laughs> he had a St. Bernard for a long time and he said the drool was just unbelievable. Yeah. I'm sure. And then when that dog passed away, they got a papillon. So yeah. and it weighed maybe five pounds. <laughs> yeah. That's and he's like, that that was whiplash. I know. You're right like, there. what's happening? <laughs> I just love, I love the big dog's dumb faces. They're dumb, droopy. Like, they just look kind of depressed, sort of. They're dumb, blocky heads. I love them so much. The lady who owns my yoga studio, she's been teaching classes from home, as most of them have been, and they're streamed online. And she's teaching just, like, in her living room, and she has an enormous Great Dane (laughs) named Onyx. And he he just, like, she doesn't do anything with him while he's in, he just, like, can roam around. And sometimes she'll have one of her other teachers there, like, demonstrating, and the dog will just, like, sit down on their mat behind them or lick their faces (laughs) while they're, like... It's just everywhere. Just a big so dumb, dumb oaf. So Honest to God, every time I watch the dog show, the National Dogs show, I'm like, I want a great day. I know. I really want one. <laughs> They're so big. Yeah. I know. How how would I have a great day in this <laughs> townhouse with no yard? And the people that used to live down the street from me, I adored them. And they, it was a couple, and they were each over six feet tall. And they were the tallest couple I'd ever seen. And they had a giant Great Dane. And they what? lived in a, it's not a small, it wasn't a small house, but it was a one-story house. Like, my my house has high ceilings on the ground floor. Theirs was, like, short ceilings. It was just, it's a cute one-story house. I'm like, how do you guys all fit in there? <laughs> like, I don't understand. You're all so tall and just like like giants they weren't like fat or anything they were just big people but they're it's very cute and they're very friendly though i do feel bad for them because their hips just they can't you know they're yeah. not genetically made to last long. wait are you, are you yeah. talking about your neighbors or the great <laughs> tall people <laughs> we're just not built <laughs> to live to last long. Long. <laughs> That's going to get dark. Uh, I know it doesn't match the major theme of our episode, but I do want to just mention that if this was just a bullshit episode, that the saliva issue would be a contender (laughs) for the episode name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
gross. Well, I don't think a Great Dane is in my future because I'm now recalling, I think that there are HOA rules about the size of dog yeah. that you can have. Yeah. I don't know if it's a 30-pound dog or a 40-pound dog, but whichever, I don't think a Great Dane is going <laughs> to no, fall no. into an no. acceptable long. category. No. Oh, yeah. Great Dane puppies. Oh, that oh. I mean. Don't. Ugh. Don't. And then they're like teens because they like can't. They're like long limbed, mm-hmm. but they're still oh, so cute. Uh, well, honestly, a, a small dog can really get you on the saliva yes. issue too. I was over at my aunt and uncle's, sort of socially distance. I guess I think it's funny how we all have to like list our social distance bona fides these days. Yeah, like, don't worry, don't I worry. was outside, but you know, I just uh, they were having to see me whatever so i went there and tried to keep my distance but they have um a little scotty and he's two and he is the cutest little thing but my god i must have had something on my face that he was real interested in because i was like i need to take a shower after this (laughs) were you wearing like moisturizer they're like lotion like i was clean i took a shower so maybe he was into that but he's super cute but since he's so young he's still very like i want to be with people i want to see the people the new person i want to get on your lap i want to look at your face i want to lick 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 your face you're like okay oh okay oh man all of those things are also true about Hillary's neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let me lick your face. All right. Let's move on to the mailbag. <laughs> Enough l- face licking talk. <laughs> um, we got some lovely throw your phones. Well, I guess just emails um, about our topic last week, gaming. All right. Let's listen. This is from Ted. Folks, finishing my Monday listen and Allison, Alan Parsons project comes on. I thought, did my music player start up for some reason? Thanks again for the great song at the end. This is one of my favorite songs, 40 years old now, on my favorite album. Turn of a friendly card. I can't even say how many times I've listened to the full album. Could be over a thousand, which seems crazy, but I think it might be true. It's, it is a great album. 40 minutes will fly right by and a bunch of great songs. Put on your cruise control, though. Unanticipated speeds may occur. So that's my driving system. So can, can you guess I grew up in the 70s? Thanks, Ted. Uh, yes, from Chicago. And yes, Tishy Twitter was last updated in February. That's not true, right? Good <laughs> uh, no. Surprise me. Oopsie daisy. Uh, hat tip to Bobby. That was 100% Bobby's pick for the Alan Parsons Project uh, outro song. He posted it without comment in the Slack um, right before the show started. And you weren't on the show, so you didn't say anything else about that. And I listened to it, and I was like, well, clearly. That was just one of those moments where years of being a live DJ trivia host <laughs> just come you right can back pull the right song out of nowhere huh exactly yeah. this is yeah. like you know do i want to be the uh the npr bumper music playing tax man on april 15th <laughs> no yes <laughs> but but i think one step away from that is alan parsons project playing and, and also just being such a damn good song it is a good song so uh, Ted, I'm uh, only older than you in spirit, but I'm a lot older than you in spirit, and so I'm glad I could help. I mean, listen, the other choice was Christy suggested a new Kids on the Block. Yeah. <laughs> games, she games, did. games. I listened to the beginning of it, which is a spoken word oh, no. by oh, Donnie, no. and I was like, I love you, Christy, but nope. <laughs> <laughs> Can't uh, do it. 
everyone knows that the next choice would have been quit playing games parenthetically with my with heart. heart. Right. Yeah, obviously. My heart. God, that's a good song. Oh, gosh. Okay, and then from Justina, it is a, she wrote us a lovely email, and we're going to excerpt it here. I can't remember who said they miss playing card games now, but look into Tabletop Simulator, parenthetically, TTS, and Steam. It's exactly what it says. It's, it is a simulation of a tabletop. You can plot down a deck of cards, have your friends log into your game session, play cards. We use Zoom to talk and see each other and TTS to play. There are tons of other games and people have, that people have imported in, including Splendor Christie. I will be happy to act as a coach for TTS as Steam and TTS have a bit of a learning curve. But my Luddite father-in-law is using it. So if he can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> Assuming you have a computer, $20 for TTS and an internet connection. Hmm, interesting. Nice. All uh, right. We're on it. Yeah. And uh, for oh, I am going to need that training, just to be clear. Uh, I, I'm aware <laughs> of Steam. I know that is a thing that kids use. The, the kids. kids. <laughs> but beyond that, I'm useless. So Just uh, download it and open it. You'll figure it out, maybe. Uh, we'll call your grandson to help. <laughs> <laughs> Aiden, get in there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, and for current favorites, favorite tabletop board game, I'm with you, Christy. Splendor Rocks. Honorable mention is Trellis. Favorite large group tabletop slash board game, Codenames. Can't play online for free, and then she gives the link. Codenames is really fun. Uh, that sounds fun. Favorite card game, Pinochle, Russian House Rules, developed in college. Wow, okay. Favorite phone game, Gardenscapes. I'm on level 7,184. That is not Jeez. a typo. I have a problem. Listen, girl. I had to restart Candy Crush like six years ago, five years ago, and now I'm like on level 4,000, and I keep thinking, what would I be on if I didn't have to restart? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Favorite on the computer game, Hidden City, a hidden object game. That's fun. Um, Favorite video game. I'm not super into video games, but I did enjoy the hell out of Lego Star Wars on the Wii. Um, Mm. I have a thing about Pinochle, just because... It seems so foreign whenever I see that word. Mm-hmm. It is not pronounced mm-hmm. no. phonetically. No. And I either think it's um, Pinnacle or <laughs> I think we're talking about a dictator, Pinochet. <laughs> Pinochet. <laughs> um, that's like when I, I mean, we could do a whole thing on this, but that's like when I read the word epitome. <laughs> that's how I read it. Yeah. Or, and I, or have... I read uh, Hors de Oeuvres. <laughs> And I'm like, no, no, Hillary, no, Hillary, no, 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 no. Um, I think I think at least three podcasts I listened to this week have have referenced the recent Smokey Robinson cameo oh, thing. Yeah. Yes, yes. It, what does he say? Uh, Chinooka ha- or something. Happy Chinooka. <laughs> so for the three Aww. people on earth who have not heard this story yet, Smokey Robinson got a request. I think his kids cameo. or someone managed like cameo, cameo okay, for him. Yeah. And and somebody put in a request for their mother. Uh, to get a cameo from Smokey Robinson and they asked him to wish her a happy Hanukkah and he read it as if he has apparently never seen the word Hanukkah spelled CH <laughs> before and he well, literally to said be fair. wish them yeah. a happy Chinooka and, and then he goes I don't know what that is but <laughs> I, I wish you a happy one Aww. there are 
are a number of different spellings yes. for Hanukkah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, no, the sincerity in Smokey Robinson's voice yeah. is what really makes it. He is all all heart in wishing this woman a happy Chinooka, even though he has no <laughs> idea what it is. So why, now I think I know the answer to this, but why do we give old Smokey a pass on that egregious mispronunciation, but when Trump said Yosemite, <laughs> we were not so charitable. Well, he's, he's a the... force of evil in the world. <laughs> well, uh, that was what I figured, but you know. One, yeah. Smokey Robinson apologized. Two, he's not the leader of the free world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, if you want to play the leader of the free world card, fine. fine. <laughs> uh, yes. If Angela Merkel gets on um, uh, Cameo, then maybe we can figure <laughs> out a you know. Oh, yeah. She needs to pronounce that right. She's got a lot on the line Lee. there. Yeah. yeah. That would be bad. Well, yeah. I actually thought about that. I was just trying to figure out who the leader of the free world was lately. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, on to uh, your question of the week responses on Facebook, which were lovely, as per usual. Kenneth said, card game. It's Euchre, right? That's how you pronounce it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry. That's yeah, another one that's... Uh... Yep. Yeah. Uh, board game, Ticket to Ride, though I agree with Christy that Splendor is great. Video game, Star Wars and Knights of the Old Republic. I'm seeing a pattern emerging already. I know, I know. I hear a child crying. Hold on. Okay. No, we're okay. Um, okay. Laura says Scrabble. I like Scrabble, but mm-hmm. it was, it's, I used to play words with friends with my dad and it like, I, I kicked his ass pretty regularly. So we kind of had to end that. <laughs> my mom Scrabble. starts games with me on words with friends to increase her stats, to make her stats look better. Oh, oh. <laughs> and she just tells me that like, she's not ashamed. She's like, yeah, you like, basically you, you suck at this game and I'm <laughs> like, She's really invested in her win percentage. God. Scrabble was fun as a kid until you realized how bad you really were at yes, it. And yes. then sort of the the hoopla around ha- having to deal with all the tiles and know, the everything. Like the physical aspect of Scrabble is kind of gross. So maybe Words with Friends is a good substitute. Yeah. It's once you realize that it's not a game about words, it's it's a game about knowing what counts as a word. Yes. <laughs> right. yes. It's not like a vocabulary game. X I. Mm-hmm. Um oh, that was a big one. Okay, Emily says betrayal at House on the Hill, much like Christie's Splendor record, I never lost. I'm not nearly as successful at Splendor, but it's still a great game. All right. Um Kristen, my sister says Hillary Butler and Missy Murphy delighted in kicking my ass in Trivial Pursuit. We did. We were I believe way that better mm-hmm. at it than she was. Um Amanda says Trivial Pursuit in the 80, the 80s edition because I rule. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. So many questions about the USSR. <laughs> oh, yeah, that so game made me feel so stupid and uninformed. I know. I know. I'm like chubby checker. It's um, like you got to get an easier version of yes. Trivial Pursuit. Like, like you got to play along with teen celebrity Jeopardy if you <laughs> right. want to feel smart. <laughs> the pop culture Trivial Pursuit. I'm like, I dominate everything. Um, okay, Lane says, trying to follow Anne's rules, which was definitely, you, definitely a theme this week, and I loved it. Card, cribbage. My mom and I had a difficult relationship her, whole, her entire life, but this was something we really enjoyed doing together, including trying to skunk each other. Honorable mention for Jen Rummy, a 500 Rummy, though, since it was brought up, and we played a ton of that, too. Um, my dad and I played Jen Rummy together, and I loved it, though he did kick my ass. My dad was really good at... Um, not counting cards, but kind of re- like I just kind of lucked into things a little bit more, and he would, you know, always know what hand I had. And I just, I'm not that strategic actually at all. I never understand why counting cards is such a 
big deal. It's not illegal. No. Mm-mm. No. It just means you good. have a good memory. Yes. Why them casinos got to kick strategic. you out? It is. Yeah, yeah. It's really stupid. Well, you know, Anne, I would like to see you with a pile of chips at the table. Uh-huh. That would make me very happy, actually. <laughs> we should work on this. <laughs> Um, okay, Lane continues, bored, pig out, a.k.a. pass the pigs. It's basically Yahtzee with pigs instead of dice. Oh, don't judge me. I would never. Was uh, was an only child, and my mom loved pigs. <laughs> Computer jazz jackrabbit. My family got a PC in 1991 for Christmas where they were all custom. I had a ton of legally purchased shareware. Of course. <laughs> we mean, all had only legally purchased <laughs> yeah. software on our computer. Yeah. Uh, Carolyn says, how does Dungeons and Dragons or other role-playing games fit in this hierarchy? They aren't board games or card games, but I'd have to say this is my favorite game. I first played it with my father in elementary school and have played it uh, as recently as October. That totally counts. Mm -hmm. I mean, I should have just said tabletop games instead of board, Board, card, whatever. Yeah. No, that totally counts. Okay. Andrea says, board game, code games, card game, hearts, online, Russell. That sounds like a child's. Um, cartoon. Yeah. The totally Russells. <laughs> <laughs> um, Edward says, board game, Scrabble, card game, cribbage, video game, Katamari Damacy. That's right, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pretty uh, good. Mobile games, Kingdom Rush Frontiers. All right. I don't know that one. I don't either. Uh, Gregory, uh, board, Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica, card, meh. Is that a game, Meredith? No, he just doesn't <laughs> like card games. <laughs> Video, Skies of Arcadia, Phone, nah. These are my favorites. I don't really recommend them or stuff broadly. <laughs> Role-playing D&D style games are the best games. He is like, um, he's like the old the grandma from whatever. It's like, <laughs> yep. North Carolina grandma. Yep. yep. I mean, I don't play them, but I wouldn't recommend them, but they're my favorite. Uh, Bet says, board, clue. Uh, I did. I'm not a huge, like, Clue movie fan. I mean, I like it fine, but I, I'm not a part of that, like, hive of people that are obsessed mm-hmm. with it. But, you know, I always wanted to be Miss Scarlet, of course. It is she a fun a, board game. Just... I did like thinking about murder. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was super fun. Um, card, Cards Against Humanity, video, classic Mario. Hell yeah. Uh, mobile, New York Times crossword puzzle. <laughs> and you smile. <laughs> you have your monocle on. Um, also, Do that pen. <laughs> I... Uh, as someone who, for years, had the page a day New York Times crossword puzzle calendar, I can't. I can't manage to do it on the mobile thing. I doing a crossword puzzle just. I can't. I you can't. have to kind of see it. Yeah, exactly. Right. I need Tactile. to be able to work through the whole grid, mm-hmm. and you know, I I just can't. So more power to Bet and her monocle. I just want to know what did Aeneas Nin do to deserve being in every crossword puzzle until eternity? I have so many vowels. The same Asshole. thing that Bobby Orr did. <laughs> um, um, let's see. Also, I have many stories to tell related to y'all's talk. I'll just leave one. Meredith, when you talked about shooting your brother with a duck hunt gun, I pointed, <laughs> I pointed it at my Barbies and my mother laid into me. Never did that again. Love you all. Sorry, Anne, if I broke the rules. Happy holidays. <laughs> she sent yeah. us a bunch of cute emojis. She can break she the rules. She did. Duck hunt okay. was, was a big deal. So last week, we learned that Bet has a potty mouth, or the week before, with the swearing in front of the kids she was babysitting. And now we learned that she was pointing the duck hunt gun at, at Barbies. Barbies. So nice. <laughs> it's amazing she's not in male jail. Yeah. 
Uh, having met Bet in person, none of that surprises me. <laughs> She's a bad kid. I did love Doug Hine. I mean, I would like get sick of Super Mario Brothers and then flip it over or do whatever, mm-hmm. like select the different one. And then you realized if you just held it to the TV really, really close, then yeah. <laughs> it yeah. usually worked. It takes most of the sport out of it. But. I think I had a babysitter when I was young who had the Nintendo mat for the oh, yeah. Olympic game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you could do the hurdles just by sitting on the floor on your knees and just <laughs> banging the mat with your hands. Over and over again. Fun. <laughs> it's like, we Listen. want kids to be active. And they're just like... <laughs> If I wanted to do something physical, I'd go outside. Yeah. Right? Uh, um, and then Matt, a certain Matt, says, only one video game. Well, since Meredith already co- covered Stardew Valley, your analysis was perfect, BTW. Aww. I'm going to go with Undertale. It's another pixely game, but like Stardew Valley, it didn't bother me at all. And the upsize, upside is that I will run on a potato it tells i'm sorry i had to read that a couple times it tells a beautiful story but a wonderful sense of humor and has several different main storylines that depend on the choices you make i recommend it universally oh that sounds like no yeah matt's matt's done a lot of pc gaming he's definitely at least the expert from anyone i know on that um that's really cool thank you guys for uh for letting us know and really quickly i'll say obviously candy crush is mine i right I kicked ass as far as video games. I kicked ass at Super Mario Brothers one. Like that was my game. Um, and then I just like, I like that one because you can run in one direction. Like I just needed, like once you got to Super Mario Brothers three, you could like go back and forth. And I'm like, no, I can't, I can't do that. I need to like have an end to this. <laughs> um, and then I didn't play this, but the game that like shaped me the most because I was just surrounded by it when I was little is that my parents played bridge when I was little. I still don't understand it. They never explained it. To oh, me. I don't either. No. Uh-uh. Uh, um, but I remember the card table being brought out and you know, pe- the pairs coming in and my dad's still plays i think and i think they played i don't know if they played competitively but they had friends that played competitively and it seems so complicated to me and such of a time but it just reminds me of being a little kid but yeah i don't think very like a yeah a 50s 60s 70s totally (laughs) totally no yeah and my dad would play like (laughs) we always make fun of my dad he was like not i mean he whatever i love my dad but he would like he was playing bridge with his like nerdy friends in high school I'm like whoa what a badass <laughs> <laughs> we played euchre i mean there was a lot of that you know lunch table euchre yeah. Yeah. card game and yeah i i mean i'm reading matt's email over again here and i have to confess i'm so glad that i wasn't on the game show it was such a good episode but i would have contributed so little to it i think potato is the only word i understood well, thanks. It's so. okay, but Bobby, you'll take the lead on the whiskey show. Oh, yeah. yes, my dream come true. Absolutely. <laughs> also, if anyone's in the market for an upscale um, Scandinavian design leather chair, like we could do an episode on that, and I could probably oh, help. Um, yeah. And the newspaper thing got me thinking. You know, not just the crossword puzzles, but they always print like a bridge hand. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. And I have no idea how to even read that. Like well, I just don't. It's like another have, language. We can have Michael come on and tell us, but he would be get, he would get frustrated by our like lack of knowledge. He's like, no, <laughs> that's not how it goes. <laughs> oh God. Well, oh, uh, my favorite games. I think I mentioned it when we promoted, or maybe I don't. I don't remember. It's been so long ago. It's been such a chaotic couple of weeks. Um, I play Madden on my phone. 
not in any particular level of gaming uh, intensity, but because I, I know the rules to football, so I will sit there and do that before I fall asleep. And uh, I have a, an old PS3 that Sam got me a couple of years ago that has uh, Madden and Grand Theft Auto. And so I do know how to steal an ambulance and then climb on top of it to hop a fence to get into an airfield. Uh, Essential and, skills. Yeah. yeah. And that's uh, that, that's about it. I, all these other games uh, all the, these kids are playing, uh, they're beyond me. Give me some jacks or a, a hoop with a stick. A hoop and a stick. <laughs> <laughs> now, Bobby, would you – how about fantasy football? Does uh, that – count as a game you know boy i don't know if that counts as a game or if that counts as gambling so oh, I mean, yeah 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 it's kind of both and like yeah i, I didn't not didn't do it this year because our league fell apart because uh 2020 but you know yeah mike <laughs> and I everything and, died in 2020 <laughs> mike and jeremy and i and some others are actually in a couple of different leagues and um one of them does have a little bit of money on the line but that's that's almost more about research and and strategy and i mean not to say the games aren't but that's like that's more like doing your homework to try to win some money or, or at mm-hmm. least not lose too much money it's sort of like competition a step removed though because you're not doing i mean you are competing but the people doing the things are not you yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i try not to think too hard about my want to profit off of other people being paid to dance basically for us as a society. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's okay. Uh, Roger Goodell's going to come visit me in mail jail if I say too much more. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, it's, um, you know, and we, we're just in one fantasy football team league, which I won't talk about more than that because there is nothing less interesting on earth than people talking about their fantasy football teams. Uh, but all that is to say, I don't do like the FanDuel or the DraftKings yeah. daily draft. I mean, that's just gambling. That's just going to a casino on your computer. That is those people. That's how you lose your mortgage right there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So on that happy note, a princess for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking so... of not having any money and losing it all. Oh, yeah. That's In Buffalo. True, that's a... <laughs> It's a good place to start. Um, uh, astute listeners will have noticed that in Small Talk, we did not include my holiday segment uh, on how I watch holiday movies and then rate them for everyone. And that's because we all watched a holiday movie this week. Yay. I hope that uh, some of you saw the post that we put on the Facebook group saying, hey, here's what we're watching. If you also want to watch it so that you have some reference for the discussion. Um, and of course we welcome your thoughts about the movie, but we really spent a long time and you know, 15 minutes, a long time for us, <laughs> yeah. like staying focused on a topic, um, and looking for what would be the best holiday movie for us to watch. And we quickly ruled out things like Miracle on 34th or It's a Wonderful Life or any of those classic holiday movies because I believe it was Meredith that said no, I want to watch the one about the lady in the big city that goes to a small town Mm -hmm. and finds Christmas spirit. And we're like, okay. (laughs) Yes. And I think I decided that there's a couple of different like Christmas movie tropes. So one is big city lady finds love in the small town and realizes that life is not all about big city things. And we didn't end up picking that. And there's one that's like two unlikely partners come together and learn the meaning of Christmas. We didn't do that. 
But the third major category for dumb Christmas movies is I Met a Prince. And the prince (laughs) may be literal. The prince may be metaphorical. He could just be a prince of a guy or something like that. But this is the category that we selected. And we did, in fact, pick a movie where there was an actual prince. Although the lineage is quite complicated. I'm very and confused. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they really and... backdoored him into the princedom. Yep. <laughs> it was literally, oh, by the way, I'm a prince. Mm-hmm. Every, every plot point in this movie was an, oh, by the way, here's some conflict. <laughs> Quote, unquote, conflict. Um, so we watched the holiday movie, A Princess for Christmas. I should have pulled up the IMDb. So it's 2011. It. Yep. Hallmark? It, uh, I believe it was Hallmark. From the Wikipedia, I remember it being Hallmark. Mm-hmm. Uh, starring uh, Katie McGrath, a lovely young Irish accent. Uh, I mean, Irish. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, yeah, what? Was that Irish? No, she did okay. She, she did, did okay, okay for the but most part. When she Certainly got passionate, than, it was yeah. very obvious. It was like better than Nicole Kidman did in yes. The Undoing, I hear. So I haven't watched it yet. But yeah, she no. got paid a hell of a lot less money than Nicole, yeah. I'm guessing. And the prince in question is played by Sam Hewen, the dude from Outlander, <laughs> looking nothing like the dude from outlander Mm -hmm. frankly if you look at some like i looked at his imdb pictures um there's a lot of them i think but i looked at some of them and he has changed a lot over the last 10 years yeah i mean he's got neck muscles for days now he's on a what is it like a cycle well like creatine and human growth hormones (laughs) yeah yeah he's gotten jacked since doing this movie you know it's not every guy who could play a prince with his before picture (laughs) yeah that's true. He's very cute. Of course, he's an attractive young. I think he was like 30 when he did this, but he looks younger. But um, he did not have the kind of sex appeal that he has in Outlander. Yeah, no. Let's put it that way. And the other person really worth uh, mentioning in the cast is Sir. Is he a Sir? Roger Moore. Yeah. I believe he is a Sir, although yeah. he is not credited as a Sir in this particular Wikipedia. I don't know article. what is he an OBE or oh a, yeah, KBE. Yeah. KBE. What is that? Knight of the British oh. Empire. Wow. I think once you play James Bond, you get one of those. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Does Timothy yeah. Dalton have one? Oh. Well, <laughs> does George Lazenby have one? That's a real question. <laughs> Okay, so two out of five of yep. the James Bonds. That's yep. 40%. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, okay, so quick plot summary. I'll try not to be too involved about it. But uh, Jules Daly is living in Buffalo. Buffalo, Bobby. <laughs> oh, boy, is it. Uh, uh, pa- pause momentarily. Pause. I do think it's telling that George Lazenby does not, has not been knighted, even though the only one in which he plays Bond is On Her Majesty's Secret Service. And that's a really oh. good one, actually. Well, mm. yeah. I think it's um, good. Yes. Uh, back to Jules. Uh, sorry, yes. I, I can't so. say Jules without hearing it in Serengeti's voice. <laughs> Jules. So Jules lives in Buffalo. She is a, a, an employee at Antiques and stuff. Buffalo <laughs> antiques and stuff. Where's which... that store, Bobby? Have you you walk by it every day? I I went looking for it because I'm here. I'm on the ground doing research, fact checking for a princess for Christmas, 
And um, I, I can tell you pretty unequivocally that that storefront not only doesn't exist in Buffalo, even though it would be so easy to just come do it on location in front of any store downtown and make it that. Um, because they were in Romania. Going all the way to Buffalo. <laughs> exactly. It looks nothing like Buffalo. It definitely looks like some sort of small European city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Except for the garbagey yard when she rolls in with her shitty old car and they like uh, try to approximate an American house like a rust belty house it looks nothing like a house in buffalo either Mm -mm. no here's the other buffalo thing that um that i need to ask you about uh, although it doesn't come up for a while but i assume that the swashbucklers hockey team is some sort of minor league buffalo team that you can tell us about i took notes on this movie uh and i only got about three notes in four notes in before i gave up on taking notes the entirety of my notes are buffalo exclamation point because that was a surprise to me. that was that mine note. that's my second that was note mine. <laughs> exactly my first note my buffalo second, exclamation my second note is buffalo antiques ampersand stuff that was my second note uh and my third note is swashbucklers <laughs> uh, which is an old deep cut nickname for the Buffalo Sabres National Hockey League team because oh. of course the Sabres are named for the sword because there used to be hockey teams right here called the swords way back in the day and of course who has a saber not really a but saber a swashbuckler, but a swashbuckler yeah. and so that was their way of doing that and and the kid is wearing a captain's jersey number 72 I believe and I went and looked it up, and no notable Buffalo Saver has ever worn that number. So they didn't even try to like mm. give it, it to one of the high of a number, one of the great French Connection players of the '70s or something. Like they, they didn't, uh, they didn't work that hard on making it a Buffalo rooted thing. But Swashbucklers yeah. was a good pull by someone. So either this is like a deep rooted, deep seated homage. Or they were trying to get around any kind of like licensing. Uh, I'm going to say product both. issues. I'm going to definitely say both because I noticed even most of the music in this film, and I actually went and looked at the the uh, soundtrack listings for this after. There's a lot of generic music that sounds like music. There's a couple of spots where there's some classical music that is not. There's a lot of the Nutcracker suite yes. played at right. weird yeah. moments. Yeah. Yeah, Christmas. Uh, I think that, the highlight of... of the the soundtrack for me was the DRM free rap that they did. <laughs> yes, to. exactly. That's what. Yeah, the uh, the generic "Let's make sounds like rap." Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, similarly, the classical music that's not Nutcracker Sweetie. Some of it is other. Like there's a there's some Mozart in there, but the, most of it is just generic sounds of strings. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they weren't paying for anything that they didn't have to on this. Um, okay. As long as we're on the Buffalo topic, I do have one other note that is a recurring theme in a couple spots in here, and I'll, I'll, it doesn't jump ahead with too much by way of spoilers. But there is a <laughs> reference to Jules saying that uh, back home that would be hot wings and a bottle of Bud. <laughs> yes. Yes. To which I can say quite clearly, we would not say I, any of hot those things. Wings. It would be chicken wings and a bottle of Labatt. <laughs> yeah. So they're just like America. Right, exactly. She's translating for the prince. Right. I mean, <laughs> sure. he he couldn't understand Labatt, so yeah. she's got to go, bud. Anyway, so my my summary, my plot synopsis has gotten as far as Jules lives in Buffalo. <laughs> 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 Buffalo, explanation point. <laughs> and she is the guardian of her niece and nephew, Maddie and Milo. Beca- Fucking um, punk. 
God, what a horrible person. (laughs) She's their guardian because her sister and brother-in-law were killed last Christmas time in some unspecified way. I assumed a car accident, but then when I rewatched it, I I did rewatch this movie. You watched this twice? (laughs) Yes. Oh, Oh, my God. Look, I wanted to know what I was talking about. Um, they never specified the manner of their death. So they just died somehow. Now she is a young woman who has custody of these two kids and a frankly incompetent nanny who quits. <laughs> and at that moment, she receives an invitation from the children's paternal grandfather to come to visit and spend the holidays with him at Castlebury. Now, they've been estranged from uh, the paternal side of the family because when he married Jules's sister because the sister did not have a title he was excommunicated Mm. from the family they would not accept his wife and so they went to Buffalo I guess uh, to start a new life so this is an olive branch of sorts and they go and she meets the other son of the Duke of Castle. Okay, let's talk about Castleberry <laughs> yeah. for a minute. The royal it's lineage a- of Castleberry. It's a duchy, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Roger Moore is the Duke yeah. of Castleberry. But the way they refer to it, I can't figure out: is Castleberry the country? Is it the town, or is it the place, the <laughs> castle? Because they call it Castleberry Hall. So right. I'm really confused about all of this. Yeah, I don't know if the uh, creators are. Clear at all about it <laughs> or anything. I think it's telling that the airline that they fly is Castleberry Air or something <laughs> okay, like that. Okay. And so it can't just be, and I did, I, I specifically noticed that on the tickets. I, and I think, you know, obviously there was so much plot delay in this 90 minute epic that they had to cut some things, including the backstory of the parents. And we didn't get the fish out of water in first class on the flight scene. Yeah, I was bummed about that. I was really expecting us to get, because they clearly make a thing of showing them as first class tickets. I mean, you know, my favorite thing, like this happens in Crazy Rich Asians. I love like secret rich people. When you discover something is like, you're like, oh my God, there's so much money. And you're coming from, you know, not poverty, but like you're kind of struggling. Jules lost her job. And, like, to go to first class, you're like, this is amazing. And it, it never ceases to excite me. Like, ever. <laughs> I'm always excited. I'm always thrilled by it. Right. But they we skip know... this entire opportunity for her to have a gallon Ziploc bag in her purse for all the extra food <laughs> on the flight. You know, but, but we know that Jules is a young woman of principle because she does refuse yes. the $12,000 <laughs> traveling expenses check. What? Which I was like, what are they covering? What is it? Like, oh, they already paid for the plane ticket. <laughs> like your snacks at the airport? I don't understand. Is there that, is a markup, but is that four grand each or is it weighted to the adult? I'm curious how they got to twelve grand. Like that's just the Castleberry yeah. stipend for six and three and three. Right. Maybe. I don't know. To it's... be fair, Congress can't figure this out right now either, so it's not just us. I mean, we've wandered into um, sort of a deeper, more nuanced conversation, but that's because there's not really that much plot left to go in this movie. So she beats the prince, played by, as Meredith says, Jamie Fraser. We'll just refer to him as the Outlander dude. Uh, And he's very nice. And uh, Roger Moore, the Duke Edward of Castlebury, is very cranky, and he doesn't like Christmas mm-hmm. and he doesn't want a tree until 
Jules gets a tree because kids have to have Christmas trees <laughs> and he's mad at them. And then she, sh- they show him one ornament from when he was a kid. And then he's totally turned around conflict solved. He loves Jules. He thinks that she's wonderful. He's no longer like mean and crabby, but he's like talking to the kids and um, like building memories with them, whatever, and decides to have a ball a Christmas ball at Castlebury, which they arrange in like three days. What yes. an about face. And everybody accepts. Like nobody had plans. I, I always think when you have a party like on Christmas or Christmas Eve or whatever, I'm like people are doing Who's other going stuff. To that? <laughs> no. mm-hmm. And there's lots of preparation. He decides he wants to impart some culture to the kids. And so Maddie gets ballet lessons and Milo gets electric guitar lessons with Which that we, we barely unbelievable we really see do we teacher we see the well, teacher yeah, a little bit yeah. he seems to be playing some chords of whatever the waltz <laughs> is uh, the rock waltz i know i um, love i was like yeah america like it's like <laughs> it's like oh classical music and then like <laughs> all the while outside i mean it's actually kind of a cute scene where you see through one door into the ballet lesson and into the other door and you see the electric guitar lesson and then in the ballroom in front of the those doors uh the prince is teaching jewels to waltz in preparation for the ball and he has a snobby girlfriend who has a title the something lady de beaumont or whatever she wasn't worth writing down and but he's just so drawn to jewels mm. and her spirit and her Americanness, and, and her american <laughs> her sweet american klutziness yeah. and he like takes Milo under his wing and stops him from being such a terrible jackass out of grief for <laughs> the dead father. And they have other hijinks and let's see what's important. Oh, then, then the really important thing is Jules overhears the Duke and the Prince talking about her. Mm-hmm. And then they switch to talking about the guest list and a particularly crass, uh, Bunny McCracken. They're like, do we have to invite her? But she doesn't realize she still thinks they're talking about her and saying that she's crass and embarrassing. So she decides to bow out and leave. And then all the servants drag her back. <laughs> By pitching in sure. and getting a dress and getting for her. her a ball gown From after Vienna. they ruined hers. Yeah, Desley yeah. I, I think Abigail um, scorched that other dress <laughs> On purpose. On purpose. Oh, absolutely. On purpose. It looked absolutely. like a slip anyway. <laughs> I know. It was uh, hideous what we saw of it. And then the prince breaks up with the snobby lady and confesses his love for Jules. And then cut to unspecified date in the future when they're having a royal wedding. But it's and... definitely like three months later because there's still snow on the ground. <laughs> yes. Well, it could be three years and three I months suppose. later. We don't know. And then... Um, he casually mentions that he is, in fact, in line in the line of succession for some unspecified <laughs> throne. Edward is a duke, but the prince gets his princedom from his mother, who is never seen or mentioned <laughs> in any other way or at any other time. So we don't know what she's a princess of, what the kingdom is, and how close he is in line to the throne. But... She could become a queen at the end of this at some point in the future. 
That my, the, my last line of my notes is, she's just now learning she's in line for a throne. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she's just thinking about it. On her wedding day, he's like, oh, by the way. BC dubs. <laughs> I might be a king someday. <laughs> and then she's like, really? And then they kiss and, you know. She's wearing like an okay dress. I th- I oh my that- gosh! Can we talk about the dresses? Yeah. The- yes, yes. Please. What <laughs> happened? With, I, every okay. I first noticed this with the child, the little girl who has got some sort of definite accent, but is trying to do an American <laughs> accent, which is a really I mean, good try for a little yeah, tiny kid. She's so cute. She's very so cute. little. Cute. I think. I think I figured out f- that she was eight when they filmed that, but she looks five. Mm-hmm. She does look five. And we learned that she, what, we looked her up. She's born in England, but we don't know if she's right. British, it didn't right? say she's British. It says she was born in England, whatever that means. Yeah. Everybody I mean, in this assume, movie sounded like but... they were trying to fake American accents with like Irish or, I mean, we know that Jamie Fraser is Scottish, you know, whatever. But anyway, Scottish the dress is, doing a British. Like, yeah. It's sort of a, a generic posh British. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, hey, you tried doing an American accent through. Actually, maybe that was a helpful thing. Uh, what what will make you more American? I got it. We'll glue a bag of potato chips to your hand for the second <laughs> half of the movie. She was addicted to to Doritos, junk food, <laughs> yeah, chips. But her dress, her first dress that she was wearing, I was like, wow, that dress fits her really badly. Like it <laughs> yes. just it looks terrible on her. It's way too big and it's ugly. And then like. The clothes that Jules was wearing were all a little bit weird, except that when she shows up at this ball wearing this, it looks like a blue sparkly potato sack. I mean, it, it was does. really, it's uh, not it was structured not, at all. No, it wasn't flattering. It didn't make her look nice. Like she's a gorgeous woman. And this dress looked ridiculous on her. Yeah, it was very like, I think it was supposed to be like kind of grecian yes flowing right. column dress like a belted column and it just didn't work at all no it's pretty color but yeah it was and of course color. she had like beautifully done hair with the little leaf head dress thing that they did in the cab on the way back from sure. forcing her to return from the train station or whatever I, we're supposed to believe that the servant what that they love her so much because she brought the spirit of christmas back to this <laughs> castle well, is that why there is yes. that one scene where the two of them that have personalities exchange notices of how she has made things better there right. so the, the one Prince is playing his violin again oh yeah extremely fakely playing his violin <laughs> and, and then there's like laughter and talking where where the whole castle had been so silent There's all the talking. time. And they were like, this is a nice change. There was one part where we both genuinely laughed, and it was when the the head maid, the lady with the bad red hair, Mrs. which, by the way, the Birch? hair dye for this whole movie budget was like oh. $40 for everyone. Oh, I'm so, oh, Roger Moore's. Roger Moore's. Yeah. yeah. Oh, honey. I said if he gets out in the sun, he's going to turn into a Rudy Giuliani <laughs> I was going to say it's Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> I mean, R.I.P., but no. Yeah. Well, so so the the main, the the head maid, I forget what her yeah. name was. Mrs. Birch. Yeah. Like the housekeeper lady. Yeah. So she's being a Grinch about Christmas or something. And then there's a there's a really funny cut scene where they just go to her crying about her bad childhood. <laughs> yes. And we both just busted out laughing. Yeah. They cracked her open. Mm-hmm. They did. And Jules was like, do you have any children? And she's like, no. Do you have any Nieces, nieces and, nephews? and nephews? No. no. Well, you were a child once. 
right? <laughs> Christmas is so important to children. And then, yeah, cut to her sobbing. sobbing. And it was, she was like, one Christmas, I got a lump of coal. <laughs> yep. And Jewel says, no little girls deserve that. And she says, I did deserve it. <laughs> I also thought that the tree was extremely dumb and bad. It was a very bad looking tree <laughs> and it didn't fit in the, they put the, it's in a castle and they should have gotten one of like the 40 foot, yeah. you know, super majestic. You can do it. Well, they had to hide it. And well, Jules was buying it on her emergency credit card. Yeah, she had a she... check for $12,000. She could have bought <laughs> the one in Rockefeller Center. Her emergency credit card that magically worked in a foreign country when she clearly has the kind of card that doesn't work when you leave town. Yeah. <laughs> um, wait, so are we, are we supposed to believe that Paisley, the butler, the whatever... The like kindly butler and Paisley Winterbottom, Paisley. <laughs> which is definitely a name. Yeah, I Stan Paisley. Oh, Paisley's the hero of the fucking movie. Yeah, he was. Um, and and the head maid. What's her name? What's the maid's name? Um, the one that had the Abigail? coal. Um, oh no, Mrs. Birch. So they're like they're doing it by the end, right? That's what we're supposed oh, to believe. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Yes, if him kissing her on the cheek or her kissing him on the cheek at the wedding is any indication, they are hot and heavy. <laughs> it felt very. This is a movie that I feel like my sister and I are the only people that enjoy it. The second Sabrina, the redo of Sabrina, I for some reason inexplicably really enjoy it. And at the end, the like father. I mean, spoiler alert, I guess to a twenty-year-old movie, the father and the housekeeper like just randomly get together, and you're like, wait, what? Like this? Ha- like what? This is now just happening like i want to know what happened before how did this lead up to it i mean i thought that paisley was just an asexual british guy totally but mm-hmm. maybe not no he's horning <laughs> for his fellow staff well now that they've made happiness return to this castle yes, yes. You know, everybody's heart is open off. right <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now can we talk about this waltz lesson <laughs> and they're waltzing he's teaching her to waltz 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 and then she says he needs to loosen up and she puts in (sighs) whatever the hip hop (laughs) dance track because she took dance lessons just at the the ymca guys Mm -hmm. uh and then they dance and i have seen far more excruciating things in holiday movies but this was a pretty bad one yeah i hid under the blanket it was bad yep The only thing that saved it is that he's supposed to be awkward and stiff, but then when he's like down on his knees and he pulls the collar of his sweater over his head and some, is that a rapper pose? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Oh, it was yeah. There are that was that was the only moment in the movie when I was really tempted to turn it off. Like I can't, I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't. I I had the feeling that maybe they were supposed to. Like, bump and grind, but not because it's a very family movie. Oh, this is G-rated for sure. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so yeah. it's like, well, how do we make it look like they're sexy dancing without <laughs> doing anything even <laughs> remotely sexy? <laughs> yeah, no, it was definitely not sexy. I mean, it was definitely a, I mean, I think this predates it a little bit maybe, but it's definitely a little Downton Abbey crossed with, you know, some American oh, yeah. Yeah. deal. Well, that was... My first thought was that this was all just a minor arc we all forgot about in history and what will be season season seven of The Crown. <laughs> I don't think so. It, it then occurred to me that if this was Downton Abbey, they would have spent an entire season on getting ready for the ball. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Cleaning True. the silver, prepping yep. the meal. Absolutely. Yeah, there was one part. Uh, um, her name is Arabella, the... the uh, Oh, the bad girlfriend. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and... Wait, she- wait, I got it. Lady Arabella Marchand <laughs> du Belmont. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, she said like something about something being ghetto and I was like, Ooh, oh, and yeah. maybe, maybe oh, that's yeah. my, you know, 2020 years or whatever. I don't know in 2011 if I had reacted like that. I'm not sure went, even Ooh. in 2011, that would have been okay. No, like, I mean, it wouldn't did, have been. Okay. I had the same reaction. Yeah. She yeah. did use the word ghetto and yeah, it's done. Yeah. yeah. You're like, Ooh, Arabella. She's a bitch guy. I know. You know and- what? T- we were discussing what turned the tide of this relationship, but like what pulled Jamie Fraser away from Arabella. <laughs> it was a plate, I think. Right. Right? Oh. So Jules is real good at identifying antiques cuz she worked at antiques and stuff, right? <laughs> so she like clumsily she wasn't good walks at it enough to save the business, but she was all no. right at it. She was good enough to afford a nanny. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so she like originally like the, one of the first scenes when they're in the castle, she stumbles around because she's a klutzy American and breaks a sconce off the wall, like just snaps it in half. I know. Everybody <laughs> loves a out. quirky heroine. She yeah. falls. She pulls it up off the walls. Yeah. It's but they, there's like a challenge about what this plate is, like who made this stupid plate. And she's like, oh, I know it's this guy. And, and Arabella's like, no, it's this guy. And Chris, then she... Christopher Landry? Yeah. Like oh, yeah. God. Why do I know that? <laughs> well, she th- she stumbles away on some other mission. And then they turn the plate over. And it was Christopher Landry. And Sam is like, oh, yeah, I like her better. She's better at identifying plates. <laughs> China. Right. I think they, they make an effort to like show how he's attracted to Jules. Like she, that actress, she has like a lovely smile and beautiful skin, and she's an excellent crier. Yes, she I is. thought she's she very is. good. She did a lot of crying in the movie. It was very good. So they make some attempt to say, "Oh yes, this is she's fresh and spunky, and sort of sets things on their end, mm-hmm. and this is new for him." But they never established for me why he would have been with Arabella in the first place because she had a title. That was, was I think, what we were supposed to believe. Because that's right? what society expected of him. Yeah. I don't know. It seemed like they, they, for a family that excommunicated their son when he married a, a non-titled person, they sure turned around on that mighty fast. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and we're supposed to dislike Arabella, I think, because her purse gets run over and she's upset about it. Like... I would get upset about my purse getting run over, <laughs> even if I didn't spend however much money on it. My purse! My $20,000 purse. Well, that's what you get if you buy a purse at that My expensive. phone is in there. Now I it's half ruined. a sandwich in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but those sandwiches were tiny. Right. Cucumber and watercress. Mm-hmm. These, uh, these are the silver metal siblings, too. And I think maybe that's why it's acceptable that maybe he wasn't smart enough to realize he could do better and... Jules is just generally Jules, right? We have to assume oh. that the, the late siblings of both of them were the, the rock stars of their families, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it certainly seems to... Uh, we we learn almost nothing about the sister, about Jules' sister. No. But, but, she was a great uh, mom. Yes, but the, the kid's father, the excommunicated prince, they talk quite a lot about how he was the best at archery mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. like great he was 
So that kind of tracks for me. Do you guys remember the scene where they go into the the dead dad's room that has been shut the whole time? And the kid goes, this room is all that's left of my father. (laughs) He, not him, not, you know, not the, not the guy's flesh and blood genetic material, not his sister, but this room full of (laughs) archery trophies is all that's left. Well, this kid's a pain in the ass. Yeah, he is a Justin Bieber punk. I can't figure out, is he supposed to be 14? (laughs) We couldn't figure it out either because he has like a a mature, like old man face, but then a (laughs) Justin Bieber head and haircut and he's like two feet tall. Yep. I think he's one, I'm going to ascribe like a Michael J. Fox thing to him, not in the talent, but in that (laughs) I think he's really short. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, so I think he's well older. Than what he's playing. Oh, I looked him up. He was 23 when he did this movie. And <laughs> okay. Jamie Fraser okay. is only seven years older than him. Okay. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, I thought because he had a credit on IMDb, he was on an episode of Supernatural, I think, where he was just credited as short guy. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right. That was a very supernatural thing to do. Yeah. And he had kind of a squeaky voice that... Like Ooh, his voice is weird. Abnormally yes. short, yes. but he he was very much more of like a confident speaker and actor than usually teen true teenage yeah. boys are. Yeah. So he was very. It was kind of a strange deal for everyone who watched at home. I did try to identify the markings on his hoodie, and I cannot for the life of me figure out what they are. They say the words "your wings." over and over again <laughs> to the point where I thought it was a Detroit Red Wings hoodie, but that wouldn't make any sense. No. And it would be it, Buffalo Wings, there's, right? There's random sequences of, well, right, obviously, because he's a teenage boy in Buffalo, so he loves chicken wings. <laughs> hot, me, wings. hot wings. Hot wings and, and bud. And bud, when he can sneak one. Yeah, but I he's 23. <laughs> <laughs> there are numbers. There's like a random sequence of numbers on it, too, and they don't mean anything as far as I can tell. So if Teens. anyone watches this and can tell me what the hell it is i'd be very interested to know because they they must have made it to look like something and it does have sort of like a generic abercrombie-ish look to it but the numbers don't mean anything but it can't be hair. made for the movie they didn't have that kind of a wardrobe budget <laughs> no, clearly right. they made a swashbuckler they, jersey they couldn't even afford clothes <laughs> that fit so his stupid hair, it, like, made me so mad looking at well, it. Well, be- it was kind of Bieber hair, yeah, right? Yeah, no, it totally yeah. was. Wasn't yeah, yeah, 2011, totally, yeah. the, the whole Bieber yeah. hair oh, era? It totally was. stupidest, stupidest hair oh. trend ever. Also, this is something that's so minor, but I thought was completely random. In the very beginning, when he, when you're, like, establishing that he's, like, kind of a bad kid or whatever... Troubled. Let's just troubled by grief of the loss of his parents. <laughs> you monsters. I can't believe how hard you're being on this kid. Why is he at the video store? Like it even in twenty eleven, like I don't think no. anybody was going to the video like there there wasn't a Was it with... videos or was it games? I thought it was vi- they were like, I'm going to the video store. I don't know. I, I just oh, wrote video I... store. Because um, there was that brief appearance of this girl who yes. you thought maybe would factor in somewhere. No, nope, nope. Right. Just one of his peers. His and she's like, I live here. This is my neighborhood video off. store, too. Yeah. And then we never see her again. Another yeah. abandoned subplot. What's, yep. on the, what's on the cutting room floor? <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of abandoned, cut. <laughs> abandoned plot points. Do they ever go back to Buffalo? <laughs> like, like I was waiting for the twist at the end where it was going to be like, yeah, I'll be a princess, but I still have a life. And she goes back and they put some 
some oh, ro- Bobby. royal whatever into the <laughs> antique store. You and... haven't watched a lot of these movies, have you? <laughs> well, it just the guy she works with, she liked and felt terrible, you know, because the business shouldn't do anything for him. Well, they make a point of her her saying that she likes to work and she hopes that she continues to work. Right. Which she's not going to in this universe. She's going to become, she's going to become the chief identifier of things in (laughs) Castleberry. Mm -hmm. But this is all about like very juvenile wish fulfillment, right? Hillary, you said that Bridget was very invested. Yes, she was very invested in this. She also said she thought that I think she might be wrong because I think he might just be generic looking that Milo was in a show on Netflix. But I looked at his IMDb and he just does voiceover acting. I think he also Um, has a crap uh, a credit as a rapper. I was going to say a crapper. (laughs) Well, Well. appropriate. (laughs) Now, I think that it is a perfect movie for somebody that is around Bridget's age and that you're like, and you kind of, it's easy enough to follow. It doesn't matter that they're not like hitting, you know, they're not tying up all the loose ends because, you know, your little eight year old brain doesn't like the five act structure pretty hard. I mean, I, when they were doing the, uh, the misdirection with her overhearing, but not being able to see the name circled on the guest list, Mm -hmm. I, I literally, I, I didn't write it in my notes because I didn't need to at that point, but I just thought this is the worst fourth act fall I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they, this, there's always this twist in all of the in, in yeah. every rom-com right where there's some misunderstanding and one of them thinks the other right. one actually hates them yes. right it's yeah. a, really a very easily resolvable yes. Yes. Right. Um, misunderstanding if they actually talk to each other which they never do and Ever. she really just kind of, I felt like she really like blew that out of proportion like I'm abandoning wait a minute was, what? what was she doing with the kids leaving them there that's what I said I'm like are the kids gonna fly back by themselves yeah they're gonna find them back like, I don't understand oh, <laughs> it's better for them to live in this castle with no parents nah Paisley can bring them back <laughs> that's yeah and she's <laughs> gonna of... throw a fit and just disappear into the night without saying anything to anybody well, because she she's got her feelings hurt <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but you know what? It was very, very, very silly. Very silly, but I enjoyed it. I have to say, I did enjoy it. I mean, I did two screen a little bit, but um, but I was invested enough in following the structure of it. Because there's some of these movies where it's like halfway through, you're like, I just don't care. No, it. It, it's definitely, um, we are talking about relative enjoyment i cannot here, believe right? you guys still want to watch movies like this this and I the, know. this so, was a good example I, it was it absurd. was it was medium plus yes is Ooh. what i would say right hillary yes. yeah it was exactly. medium plus so exactly. the, the important question here and is not medium plus it's how many hoes yeah well it's not as good as holly's holiday but it's better as the other i would give this eight hoes that's Which a, would be two and two thirds of a ho ho. That's a lot of hoes. Yeah, I feel like this. Yeah, is... you guys didn't watch Holiday Spin. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is like in Star Search. Star Search. This is how I generally, like, seriously learned about fractions, where they would be like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> of course, Star Search is how you learned about fractions. <laughs> it's like three and a third. <laughs> I really, it's it was almost entirely conflict free. Yes. Yep. Right. Um, it wasn't too embarrassing, except for the funky dancing. <laughs> um, the people were pleasant to look at. Yes. And 
I got to see Jamie Frazier in a pair of real tight white <laughs> hunting pants. <laughs> his skinny little legs. He was so little. <laughs> from I the, know. For what a beefcake he is, he was mm-hmm. pretty little in this. I know. From yep. the drag hunt? The white pants from the drag hunt? Drag hunt. Oh, yes. Yeah, so we should. We should mentioned that about how Jules is all up on her high horse because she sees them going off for a fox hunt and she thinks it's so cruel and barbaric and he's like yeah that's why I got it outlawed so what was it it was just like a person a person dragging around a like a, a towel fox tail? that smells like a fox <laughs> yeah. or something yeah, it's what fox. happens to the person it's fox well that person's dead <laughs> We don't kill foxes anymore. We just kill just people. Hunt human beings. What a great, he knew what he was getting into. What a great twist if we'd gotten that far and suddenly it was, OPS, this is the most dangerous game. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is great here and you're going to be a princess. But FYI, once a year we have a purge. Yeah. <laughs> it was very G-rated, silly Fine. It was the definition of it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and it was like a blessed like ninety minutes. Yeah. So yes, indeed. Katie know. McGrath, kind of hot. Yeah. Oh, she's yes. very. So, yeah. so she's that, beautiful. That Looks like much... she could be a member of like the cores. Yeah. Like that, yeah. Like, exactly. She fits in. It did. It cores. did g- give us a lot of laughs. I'll say that. Like we <laughs> spent a lot of time talking about the plot or the lack thereof. <laughs> And the quote-unquote plot. Whether or not this was incest, technically. <laughs> At first I was confused because I was like, wait, 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 wait. Because I guess I wasn't paying enough attention. I'm like, oh, oh, it's her. Yeah. At first I thought she said my brother and sister-in-law. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait. So is this her, <laughs> is this her brother? Right. <laughs> but I didn't enjoy it and I would never recommend it. And I'm horrified <laughs> that people spend their time this way. Well. And I'm gratified that I tend not to, so... No judgment, but what the fuck? No judgment, but I'm horrified that I am and spend their time this way. No judgment, but what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, Hillary, can we can we go out with a chorus song? Uh, yes, I knew you were going to ask, and I already wrote it down. <laughs> I already wrote it down. Don't worry. Don't. I know. Well, you know, it, previewing what obviously my um, my. Uh, she recommends as I was planning on another kind, but uh, I will go out with the chorus. It's Christmas time. It's fine. <laughs> um, speaking of which. Oh, yeah. We have to do our question of the week. Yes. Yeah. We almost forgot. Oh, yeah. Um, so we thought we could ask what everybody is doing for Christmas, but I certainly hope it's nothing. I know. Please. Right? Please do nothing. Yeah. Please. State of things. So instead, we're asking a rather more open-ended question. What aren't you doing for Christmas? Hillary, what aren't you doing for Christmas? Well, I'm not going to Dallas. I'm not going to Boston. All of these were like tentative maybes, but luckily everybody in my family has is wisened up and it's just, you know, not worth it. I My dad told me, it's just going to suck this year. And I said, yeah, it is. But, you know, next year we'll do, you know blow it out um i am going to cook a casserole that i really like and i'm going to drink a lot of bloody marys so that's about it oh i did tell me that wasn't that wasn't the question i know i'm so sorry i'm so sorry (laughs) but no i'm not going to dallas i'm not going to boston i'm sitting my ass here meredith what aren't you doing for christmas i'm also doing nothing um i don't even know 
what I'm going to have for dinner that day. Like I bought a bottle of champagne so I can make mimosas. That's about as far ahead as I've thought. Well, you know, we're recording this on the 19th. So you still have six days. I don't want to go grocery shopping for it yet. Yeah. I'm not going to Grand Rapids is what I usually do. And I'm definitely not doing that. Bobby, what are, what aren't you doing for Christmas? Well, I'm not going to see my mother or my family in Rochester. And I'm, not going to see my in-laws across town from the apartment. And I am not cooking a big holiday meal, which normally I would. Uh, even if it was just us, I would use it as an excuse to do a turkey or something. Uh, I am, and I know you didn't ask, uh, <laughs> going to do a steakhouse dinner for me and Sam. So I'm just going to do a, a couple of steaks and a couple of baked potatoes and maybe some cream spinach or something. And, and just a do a... onion. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> wrong steakhouse <laughs> oh. uh, there are yeah. rules at Bobby's steakhouse <laughs> that's right <laughs> rule one don't deep fry in the apartment <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah uh, I'm not doing any traveling I, I'm not going to interact with people who I'm not currently already in a bubble with and I am not uh, I'm not buying a Christmas present for anyone except Sam this year so consumerism can yeah. take a back seat well, by some just miraculous coincidence, I also am not doing any of those things. I'm not going to Boston, not going to Dallas, <laughs> not going to see Meredith's mother or Bobby's in-laws. Uh, she's going to be so disappointed. Marianne really had her heart set on meeting you, Anne. I, I'm, I'm not doing all of those things. Um, I'm not going to L.A. to meet my new nephew. Boo. I mean, I hope to meet him before he graduates from high school Boo. at this point. Boo. Um, my mom did text me and, um, yesterday, I guess, and said, what do you want for Christmas dinner? Since it's just the two of us, she said, I can make something traditional or we could just go crazy. I'll make whatever you want. And I said, you know what? I miss Thanksgiving because you thought you might have the COVID. Yeah. Didn't again, she tested negative, but I missed out on the turkey and the mashed potatoes, mm. et cetera. Because of the COVID scare. So I'd really like a traditional Christmas dinner. And she said, okay. Oh, that'll be nice. nice. So, that'll be nice. Yeah. Thanksgiving also, to Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. Yeah. It's my mom's first holiday season yeah. after my dad died. Yeah. So yeah, we got to do something. I know. Even if it's just the two of us. So I know that's why we were kind of not why, but one of the reasons we were really trying to get up to Boston because it's like, this is Betsy's first Christmas without Dave Sr. And I'm like, oh, we'll go, we'll go. And it just is, right now is not the time. I mean, hope is on the she way. Has other but kids. Yeah, exactly. I know Dave's their favorite, but <laughs> I know. he has brothers. He does. He does. They'll be surrounded. And you know what? I'm really happy to not, I'm going to take off. We have Thursday and Friday, obviously, off. And I'm going to take off Wednesday and Monday. So it'll be a nice little do nothing break. Mm, sounds good. I know. All right, everybody, let us know. What aren't you doing for Christmas? Guess what? No restrictions on this one. <laughs> I'm not making any rules. You cannot do whatever you want. <laughs> and, and, and you can tell us as many things you're not doing as you want. <laughs> um, all right. It's come to me. Tishi recommends. Okay, so since I wasn't on 
the show last week, and as the show's re- resident Swifty, <laughs> I have. Didn't she just <laughs> drop one? Gosh, she she is prolific. Works really hard. I mean, listen. In this year, <laughs> she has released the documentary which she produced, whatever. Um, Miss America and uh, Miss Americana, um, which was really good. And then she released Folklore. Then she released the folklore like documentary and now she's released Evermore and it's really good and I like it a lot. Um, it's definitely still, you know, very, she's like in her little like folksy kind of um, stage of her life where she wears like curly bling, bangs and plaid and, you know, she's not coloring <laughs> and her hair. a lot hair. of braids. Yeah, a lot of braids. Apparently. She's not coloring her hair anymore. But um, there's, and there's a lot of songs on it I like. And, and actually the more I listen to it, at first, I was like, I don't know, and now it's a lot of it's. As it always does, and a lot of it's growing on me. But there's a song called "Nobody No Crime," that's it's very silly, um, and it's with Haim, I never know how to pronounce her name. The band, Haim, oh Haim, Haim, um, and it's very like Goodbye Earl from the Dixie Chicks, like murdering a dude for being a shithead, um, and it's really fun, and it's one that I've blasted out of my car. Because I'm a cool mom. Um, Watch it, Dave. You would think that guys guys would get the hint. I know by I know. this point. I know, I know. You know what I what I have liked about her lately, for the most part, in the past couple of albums, she's either talking about how completely horny she is for her now boyfriend. Some people think husband, um, uh, who, and I don't really get it because like he's cute Joe Alwyn but he doesn't really do it for me. Or but now her stuff is a little bit more narrative as opposed to like. Being so specifically about, you know, John Mayer or Jake Gyllenhaal, like, or Kanye or something. Now it's a little bit more poetic and kind of horse girly singer songwriter kind of stuff. But, um, but I like it. It's, it's very good winter music. And that's what you'll catch me listening to because I love her. Uh, I would like to get, I haven't listened to the album yet, but I'd like to give Taylor Swift credit for her latest Capital One commercial. Ooh, I have not seen it. She's in a bedroom or something and says something about how it might be chilly today. What am I going to wear? And then she opens a closet and it's all just at full. Like it's every hanger has the same cardigan on it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm impressed with her ability to lean into that and kind of make fun of herself with it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Go Taylor. All right, shameless Amazon plug of the week time. Um, I was scouring my orders to see if I bought anything interesting this week. I don't know if this is interesting, but it's turning out well. I got a new um, water fountain for the cats. I've had the same one for several years, and the motor was dying, and I even tried to replace the motor, but it wasn't the right one, and it just wasn't working, and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so I got this one on Amazon. It's called... Vekin, V-E-K-E-N, pet fountain, 84 ounces, 2.5 liters, automatic cat water fountain, dog water dispenser with three replacement filters and one silicone mat for cats, dogs, multiple pets. And it works great. Um, It's very quiet. It does have a nice um, mat underneath it, which is good if you want to protect your floors and the cats like it and it keeps them drinking water, which is good for cats. And the spout is a like a cute little daisy. Yeah, it's a flower. My spout, mm-hmm. and the picture has the cutest little gray and white kitty. I know. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things about shopping for pet stuff on Amazon. Is first of all the the pictures that they put in the 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 listing, and then in the comments, people will put pictures of their cats. Oh my god, which is so much fun. You cat people are <laughs> crazy. Yep, <laughs> you are in. 
not so sane. Well, they're very cute. This they kitten gives it two cute. paws up. <laughs> uh, I also put a shameless Amazon plug of the week in here. I didn't tell anyone I was going to do it. Oh, so Bobby, we need to discuss this. This is rogue plugging. Ooh, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, I have questions about this. Never item. mind. <laughs> I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that... Uh, my friend Josh sent me a that well it was it was more than a mention. I mean, he sent me that that cathedral vaulted bunt cake pan, which I've yet to use, ah. and I need to do that. But his birthday was last week, and so I felt like I should probably do something to thank him since he sent me the uh, very nice pan. And I was just sort of um, scrolling, browsing various things, and I stumbled across this uh, this table saw quote unquote wait for it people that is a cake saw (laughs) it is a plastic or you know not plastic some sort of fancy you know carbon plastic you know utensil grade thing but it is shaped like a handsaw like an old school uh for cutting wood handsaw so this is just a serrated knife shaped like a saw yeah it's just a giant piece of plastic that's a serrated knife with a saw and it's for cutting cake and but it, actually, it's it, salad? It says, says cross-cut yeah. cake and salad saw. What is a <laughs> salad <Excuse> saw? <laughs> I, I, I think there's an SEO thing going on there because <laughs> I, I can't imagine you. I guess if you had like a head of cabbage or something, you could use it to cut up. You know, it's it's basically just the, the blade of a bread knife on the body of a, of a handsaw. Mm-hmm. Well, in the about this item section, there is a bullet point that says slice and dice lettuce without discoloring it. Also great for slicing cake. Uh, I'll confess, I didn't get that far when I bought it. I saw that's funny, and I ordered it. Another one of the bullet points is big, toothy blade. (laughs) What's getting me is over the images, the roll over image to zoom in, the middle image is a picture of somebody cutting a cake (laughs) with the saw. (laughs) And so I figure, you know, we'll make our bundt cake, and then he can cut it with the saw yeah and bobby this is bizarre it's very well, bizarre it is the kind of gift that i like to give so bizarre <laughs> is good i wonder if i can find oh i let me scroll back here. if you scroll down to the from this manufacturer it's it's all these like hilarious kitchen utensils uh, you, um, excuse me, I would like that pasta monstrous pasta salad <laughs> There's an elephant-shaped olive container where you put the pits into the snout of the elephant, which, how do you get them out? You have different recommendations than I do. Oh, boy. oh interesting. Uh-oh. A hopside-down beer glass where you pour a beer into it and it looks like an upside-down bottle of beer. Clever. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Josh got this, opened it, and sent me a picture of it and said, thank you for this. I think the boys may use it as a weapon to collect our life insurance. Mm-hmm. So. I do like on, on the products related to this item section, sponsored section, there are genuine table saws. They have listed here. <laughs> a Powermatic 1791230K 64B table saw. <laughs> there is, oh my gosh, a customer image of a... a, a Oh, a just married couple cutting their wedding cake with this thing. Oh, no. <laughs> that's great. No. What? No. Well, sure. We're not the type of people who wanted a pretty decorated knife for our wedding. <laughs> we would never, never use, use again. again. How they hardcore. They also did a cupcake cake, except for the top 
tier, it looks like. Why are they even using a knife to... I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they make a good point. This is much more practical. <laughs> Uh, Somebody said, "Excellent conversation piece." <laughs> for what it's worth, my re, my uh, my recommended purchase with my frequently bought together is an axe pizza cutter <laughs> with a bamboo handle and sharp rotating blade oh. in the axe blade. Oh yeah! Now I see the elephant pitter thing. <laughs> it's kind of cute, actually. I yeah, mean, this is. is hours and hours of. Fun. A glass right container that looks like a plastic zip bag. Reading, uh-huh, sure. Ready, Fun. willing, and table. Why? <laughs> we needed a show title. Oh, so, man. Yeah, there you go. And uh, with All that, right. we'll go to housekeeping. Uh, buy stuff from us. You can buy merch at this show as everything.com. It probably won't get there in time for Christmas now, but that's okay because you're not doing anything for Christmas. So buy it for yourself, and whenever it comes, That'll be great. Again, that's the show is everything.com. Click the shop button. You can also rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. Please hold back the swears. Send those to us directly. We like to see them. We just don't mm-hmm. want them in the reviews because then they don't publish. And yeah. um, I, we have no problem with swears no. here. <laughs> and, and we, Bet. <laughs> uh, this is when we usually just do our Amazon <laughs> reminder to add a link to your home screen. But this week we have a, a hat trick voicemail. Uh, to shed some light there. Hi guys, it's Renee Leon in Aurora, Colorado, and I am calling because, or rather I'm sending this message because a few weeks ago you did an Amazon uh, discussion about the things that people had bought with your link. And I just want to tell the rest of the listeners, like it is stupid how excited I get when I hear that my purchases were worthy of or interesting enough for our friendos to uh to highlight so I just want to say that computer uh, was for my daughter for school stuff and um, the Assyrian four-year protection was also for her and so I love to hear that you guys actually got some good money from that Another weird thing that I bought that you mentioned was the mosquito bits. And someone I think did mention it. It is for the fruit flies or the fungal gnats because I have created a bit of a jungle in my home over COVID. It's been my COVID coping. And I love my plants, but these freaking gnats are driving us crazy. I'm lucky my husband isn't going to divorce me at this point because he is. He's being very patient. It also helps that he's not home much because he has to work. Um, he has, okay, um, the mosquito bits, my report on that is that someone on YouTube said to soak the mosquito bits and then water your plants with that water. And I don't, I can't report if it's really working. I've only used it a couple times and I just don't know. And then the last thing I wanted to mention was the hair dye. That was also for my 14-year-old daughter, and it is uh, a bright pink, and it does not come off. I mean, it's like a permanent one, and she just, she loves it. She also has that brand in a red because she loves experimenting. Oh, yeah, and the massage stick. I've literally wanted one of those for 15 years, and I finally got it, and I love it. I just tend to forget to use it sometimes, but 
It's fantastic. So I'm going to go use it now. I hope you guys are well. And I know this is probably too long to make it on the air, but I recommend all of the Tishi listeners get that link saved on your homepage because it's fun to hear your purchases come up. Okay, bye, y'all. Thank you, Renee. Yeah, Mm -hmm. results on the effectiveness of the mosquito bits, TBD. Yeah. (laughs) We will await the final results. So I'll keep them in my cart until I know whether or not I should order the bits. I have a growing jungle too. It's been a a little like (laughs) hobby that I've taken up too. And I have an insecticide that I had to use for the same reason. So if yours doesn't work, hit me up. I'll send you a link for that one. All right. And if you would like to get involved with the show, and we're so happy that so many of you do, because this show is as much for you as it is for us, and we want you to be a part of it. So get involved at thisshowhaseverything.com or throwyourphone.com with any and all comments, positive or negative. Join our Facebook group. We've had some good threads going on there. The show Twitter is at Tishi Show. I don't know, Ted. Maybe we'll update it tweet something someday for christmas yeah. <laughs> email us anything longer at tishi at 10710.com and send us a voice memo people are doing it yep. and so they sound cool. great they and they're not too long i mean they might get too long but they're so entertaining please do and fax bobby or butt very important at 617-354-8513 well, I guess we should say Merry Christmas sure. to everyone happy Hanukkah. and Happy Hanukkah, although I understand it's a minor holiday in the Jewish faith, but still. It's also over by sh- the time this comes out, but that's yeah. okay. Happy Chanukah. Anyway. Happy Chanukah, everyone. <laughs> happy Kwanzaa, happy Solstice, happy, happy, happy everything. Um, thank you for joining us. And that was everything about a princess for Christmas. I think the fact that we did an episode of the show longer than a princess for Christmas. It's like the Titanic. It's like we are thing. Was a, the Titanic movie is longer than it took for the Titanic to actually sink. That's a mark of true professionalism. Yeah. yeah. A Look princess for Christmas sank in 90 minutes. <laughs>
Let's go.